da 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 You sound insane. Do you realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. Merry Christmas and a happy holidays to the man fam out there and to you at home. And thanks for joining us again on Mad About Movies Podcast. The show must go on. The movies must go on. Oscar season is going on. Blockbuster season is going on. Star Wars season is going on. And uh, it's a it's a crazy time uh, right now in the movie business. And we're here to break it all down. Uh, movie of the week tonight, Jumanji 2, Welcome to the Jungle. Colon, Welcome to the Jungle. Uh, guys, kind of reboot, kind of sequel mm-hmm. to a uh, classic from the 90s starring Robin Williams that we all uh, came to know and love, and most importantly, starring Robin Williams and Dag. I mean, Dag, right. Dag stole the show. I mean, that's what most people... Kind of a dual role as well. So, right. You know. right. So a lot of Dag talk coming up tonight. Excited about that. <laughs> uh, we're, we're talking the old what's, Jumanji. What's the difference than a normal episode? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk the original Jumanji on the VIP feed this week. So if you're a VIP, enjoy our full conversation on the throwback of the original Jumanji. Excited about that. Um, speaking of that, we got some shout-outs to give. We got some movie mm-hmm. news to talk about, some big movie news to talk about. It's long overdue. And some baller weekly recommends later. That's the, oh, that's the word that I'll use. Is, Very baller. Mine is season two of ballers. So yeah. <laughs> I spoiled it. Yeah. Sorry. Spoiled. So, yeah. Okay. So, Brian, mm-hmm. shout-outs prepared. Mm-hmm. Give us a shout outs yeah. for this week. And thank you to the in advance of these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's our newest batch of VIPs. And as Kent mentioned, thank you so much. If you want to know more about that, head to our website, madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Hit the uh, Patreon slash VIP link. or hit slash VIP. Yeah, slash there VIP. Look at you. Um, and uh, you, can, you can find out more. We'd love to have you be a part of our little family. Today's shout outs are going to be for Alex Ballard. Thanks, Alex. Alicia Friend, John Holmquist, Yo. Thomas Cow, or Quo, perhaps, Corey Lawrence, Ty McGowan, Lachlan Monroe. That's the coolest the, name I've ever heard. It right. is. It's a very that's, famous. That's name. the new James Bond, uh, Lachlan cool Monroe, right there. Strong. I love it. Um, our very own, the very Liam Neeson is Lachlan Monroe. Monroe. Yeah. Uh, Joel Pixler, our buddy. Good hey, buddy. Joel. What's a- up? Alien fan. Finally a VIP. I know. Jeez. Gosh. Um, you, you know who's not a VIP is Albert Pujols. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't even want him, honestly. Um, Lynn Sherwood, Joshua Bourne, Hunter Howland, which is a pretty sweet name, mm-hmm. I think. Brandon Keed. Drowski. The line, the line yeah. is out the door for the VIP club right now. It's by the way, it's just, unreal. It's just yeah. like people are fighting to get unreal. in. Thank you so much. Yep. Love it. So we're slowly catching yeah. up to all the like, pre, like the, I feel like there's probably some out there who started as VIPs months ago and still haven't had their heard their name. It, it's coming. I promise. We're getting there. Um, it's just it's it's such a full club. It's really hard yeah. to uh, to get everything. And it, as it's it's really exciting for you to hear your name on a podcast. But we don't want to just list everyone because right. it's not that exciting for everyone else to hear everyone mm-hmm. else's name. So we yeah. try to, you know, cut it down, keep it 10, 12 names well, at a time. Yeah. yeah. But you, your time it's is your moment. Coming. Brian's trekking yeah. this. He's got 
14 spreadsheets. So many spreadsheets. Yeah. Gosh. It's actually there's a full-time not, job. Just yeah. Brian, there's more efficient ways. but No, I don't, I don't know about that. I don't <laughs> believe you. So, movie of the month, movie of the week tonight. Um, I think it's movie of the month. In my opinion, <laughs> I don't know about the what these last Jedi like it's talk. It's been a while since yeah. we've talked. I know it was only yeah, last week, but I I was on my deathbed, and it seems like it seems like it's been a long time since I've talked to you, dear fellows. My vote was to do forty minutes on the milking scene from the Last Jedi, but <laughs> it was, it was outvoted. We could do forty more on it. Well, we did at least forty for the last two Too weeks. Erotic. I, I don't want to um, have to tag it explicit. So. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, so Jumanji talk coming up, but there's something that we have been meaning to talk about. Um, Star Wars talk has gotten in the way of the past two episodes and a little something happened, uh, slid under the rug as far as the Mam fam and the mad about movies show is concerned. Uh, Disney bought Fox and we haven't mm. talked about it and what that means. A pretty big deal and acquired the rights to. 21st Century Fox was the actual subsidiary. Yeah. I mean, the uh, the parent company of all the Foxes of the world uh, is 21st Century Fox, which is ironic that they changed the name after the 20th century or whatever. Yeah. So 21st, like the most Simpsons thing ever. Uh, actually <laughs> they wanted to take yeah. on uh, the other half of the company, the News Corp, Fox News side, but, but Disney couldn't afford the sexual harassment uh, <laughs> settlements. <laughs> like, right. Then the two hundred billion of them that company, just, <laughs> like like <laughs> three Star Wars movies worth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they had to pass. <laughs> so this they have reportedly spent an estimated fifty two point four billion in uh, value in stocks and things like that for the deal. Uh, they're actually taking on thirteen point seven million of debt from Fox, so they're actually spending sixty six billion on the deal. When it comes down to it. Um, so, of course, Disney is known for having a lot of big properties. The Marvels, the Star Warses, the Disneyses, the Pixars of the world. And they're only adding to their arsenal uh, when it comes to this. So, of course, the first things people will say about this is X-Men now. Uh, Fantastic Four it can be rebooted and put back in the MCU. As well as Avatar. Uh, is a Disney property now, which makes sense. It was probably part of the conversation with this whole Disney World thing they they got going on. They, that was kind of they weird. already had Avatar Land, right, Brian? At yeah, or whatever the heck it's called. Yeah, Pandora uh -huh. yeah. at at uh, mm, that Animal Kingdom. We yeah. should have seen okay. it coming just from that, uh, honestly. <laughs> and uh, on the television side, they're getting 20th Century Fox Television, FX yeah. Productions. They get The Simpsons. Yeah. They have Modern Family is produced by Fox. This Is Us is produced by Fox. They get the FX network, National Geographic. They get all the regional Fox networks, uh, as well as um, this means Deadpool can cross over now to the MCU. Uh, this means they also have um, Alien. They have Ice Age. They have Planet of the Apes. They have Buffy the Vampire Slayer, How I Met Your Mother, Futurama, Firefly, The X-Files, among others. Wow. Now, so Disney Crazy. has quite the... Uh, arsenal of properties to reboot and, and take advantage of. And this is exciting news, but I mean, this begs the question, is this good for the business? Is it good for them to have this much power and this much sway in Hollywood? Uh, and I want y'all's opinions on it. 
I know Br- Richard probably knows a little bit more about this from a business perspective. Brian, I'm interested mm-hmm. to hear your thoughts uh, as the Disney expert on the show. And uh, <laughs> like I said, this is long overdue and, and it's big news. So what do you guys think? Anybody wants to jump in? Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think obviously – you know, it's it's interesting to parse this out. And I, first off, I want to apologize. I'm I I feel better than I sound. My, I'm losing my voice. I sound like a, I sound like a British person when they do an American accent. <laughs> like when I, you know, when they do that, like a Doctor House, like John they have Boy, that yeah, weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so we I really shouldn't have made out last week. Honestly, no, That's, I know it was a bad idea. I, I regret nothing. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. yeah. But anyway, so yeah, okay. So let's parse this through a few different things so first off creatively is it a good thing um yeah probably uh because disney with with some exceptions but minimal exceptions uh does a really good job good shepherding these yeah. yeah good track record of shepherding these properties um that people care about these sort of large scale i mean I, I don't think anyone has a better track record at least in the last 15 years or so of really doing uh inve- they, they're not cheap um on anything they invest an appropriate amount of money they make they market well um, it, you know, so creatively for, if you're a, let's say an X-Men fan or, a uh, you know, a avatar fan, but let's say, let's just use X-Men or fantastic for, uh, odds are that, that creatively that'll be good. Uh, so yes, for, uh, for Disney, uh, it's obviously a great deal financially. I think it's nice to now have 40% of the box office or whatever they have now. Um, this seems probably like a good thing. Uh, so, you know, micro wise, it's definitely good creatively for fans of these now Disney owned properties. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited, uh, for, for Goofy to be on How I Met Your Mother's reboot. (laughs) Um, that's how it works, right? But, uh, but then you have the sort of macro sense of, is it good for Hollywood at whole? I mean, you know, do you, do you just kind of fold up? What, what are the dominoes that come after this if you're a Paramount? Uh, or WB or something like that. Do, you know, there's there now there's talk talk that and Brian, I'll let you go here. Um, that there might be other mergers that you know it's like okay, well you know LeBron James and Dwayne Wade just joined forces. Well, okay, so let's have Kobe, Dwight Howard, and Steve Nash join forces uh, mm-hmm. because we have to react to that. And sure. uh, that obviously turned out great. <laughs> so uh, so you know what what will be the next steps to follow and whether those will be good for the kind of rest of Hollywood. That remains to be seen. It could be sometimes it's good to have a villain, and by I don't mean any of this is villainous, <laughs> no. but it's like you know to have a big dog out there. It may bring out um, some interesting executive choices, but uh, but it could also really squash everything that's not now a Disney property. So I don't know, Brian. I'll let you I'll let you talk through it a little more. Yeah, I, I the business side of things is confusing to me for because I'm not I'm not very bright, um, and so that's you know it's it's difficult. Yeah, for me on that too. side of things <laughs> i mean it it seems like there's a lot of i'm sure there's a, there's quite a bit of uh uh monopoly sort of things that are at play there and who knows how that how that yeah plays out. this is but, all still pending too right right it could yeah. be like uh when uh oh gosh was it was it at t that bought sprint kind of something yeah like six people have bought sprint and mm-hmm. i'm a sprint stockholder just wow it, it's big time it, well, I got it really low because I I know that one of these three other carriers is going to buy them at some point. It's going to go mm-hmm. through, and I can make a little bit of money. But it, they keep getting bought, and I get really excited, and then it doesn't go through, and I don't make any money. So as a pain, <laughs> I'm I'm very much aware of the sprint situation. So I, this could still not go through. I don't know. Yeah, 
And I think they have to pay like, I think it's like a $2.5 billion fee if it doesn't go through. So that'll be, that's a little bit crazy. Um, yeah, just from a, from a property standpoint, it's exciting. I look, I, I know that it is, um, I, look, I, I, I think it's easy to just, I've said this before. I think it's really easy to, to paint Disney as the bad guy because they're big corporate and, it's really easy to to go after big corporate, and I understand that and, and all all that. But to me, um, Disney typically makes good films and does good blockbuster type stuff in an era when uh, I feel like, as maybe more often than not these days, when we go see a big blockbuster movie, if it doesn't, if it's not coming from Disney somewhere, the chances of it being poor or at least like meh are go up exponentially. I don't know. WB like is doing... pretty. <laughs> exactly. You've got Warner Brothers bringing everything down. So maybe that's, I'm just, it's just tainted by that. But, uh, you know, there's always hit misses. There's Prince of Persia's and such out there. But for the most part, Disney's track record is really good. And they do really good stuff with these big properties that they have. It's fun to think of the X-Men in the MCU and and the way that those can, could cross over. But more to me, it's more about like, Every other X Men movie is crap, and so maybe we can maybe we can reach a place where uh, at least two out of three X Men movies are good, or something like that. That would be great to me. Kit, the most exciting thing, and I saw you tweet about this, and I that was the first thing I thought when this news came out is twentieth um, century, twenty first century Fox, excuse me, owns the distribution rights, the home distribution rights to the original Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So this. I, I've, I think there was ways you could have figured it out. Um, or you could have gotten around it, but this is, to me, this is very, this could very easily lead to uh, we get the the original Star Wars release um, in our hands, which would be awesome. Like the original trilogy as it was first shown in theaters, the, without, theatrical, yeah, right, exactly. Without without uh, Greedo shooting first, and without um, the weird Jabba scene and the. Hayden Christensen insert all those sort George, of things. George that, Lucas said the master, the master prints have been burned. Right. So if it ever happens, he'll be confirmed he's a liar. Well, it's not. Yeah. Like they don't exist. It doesn't. There's no. There's no master print. That to me is the most exciting thing about the whole process. Um, is that we could, I could yeah. finally be able to show that copy of the films to my kid and and like remember them myself because now it's becoming more and more difficult to tell the difference between the two only that like something that doesn't look right and then you're like i think that was edited in after all, all that stuff. so yeah. that's super exciting um i think that'll be great um yeah to richard's point there's a I, I don't know maybe it's maybe this is ultimately bad for competition um but i think at least for the short term i think if this goes through I, I like the prospect of just having generally better um, blockbusters and, and 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 maybe more of them each each year than uh, than what we've had the last couple of years. But uh, but I, but yes, like it could definitely be something that poses problems somewhere down the line. Um, I just I tend to feel I tend to think it's more likely that other studios will rise to the occasion and or band together and put out. Um, com- competitive stuff and and it'll all be fine but uh, you're a darwinian film film theorist <laughs> exactly um, so yeah no i think i think there's it's su- certainly interesting um yeah i think the most simple thing 
to talk about is the MCU. I think also it's like Fox Searchlight now is a Disney. That's owned, I believe, because that's not News Corp. That was 21st century. The, the sports Fox. side of it is crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, you look so at ESPN was, and Fox you, being basically yeah. one network now. So yeah. The well, Monopoly. Well, Fox, like Fox Sports, so the, the cable networks, FS1, mm-hmm. FS2, and then Fox, the TV network, those are News Corp. So they didn't mm-hmm. move over. But I think the regional, the regional ones, the, yeah, the regional yeah, so ones, like do. Fox Sports Southwest is yeah, now exactly. Or so they got Disney. there's like 14 of those, I think. So um, they got all those, but then like yeah, but then they won't have. It's not like they got more NFL or anything. It's weird. Mm-hmm. It's like super confusing. We definitely should have seen this coming. I'm sure people did. I'm just not very smart. Smart when when News Corp and 21st Century Fox split into two companies. Sure, that means they were definitely going to sell one of them off. Um, so. Yeah, no, it's it's yeah, it's really interesting on the sports side. What they'll do with those local, um, probably I I would assume probably brand them ESPN local. I would think yeah. would be the smart ESPN player. Dallas or sure. something like that or yeah. or, or, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and then I'm sure that you know they kind of got rid of that. It, you know, ESPN recently kind of got out. They've had just quick sidebar. They were in the, all the you know they had the ESPN Boston, ESPN Chicago, mm-hmm. ESPN Dallas sites, and they kind of have gotten out of that market. This Having a local TV network all of a sudden makes that, at least on an online piece, a lot more viable. If you can kind of backpack an ESPN mm-hmm, Dallas-based right. site off of ESPN Southwest, um, then that becomes a more interesting proposition. You could use local talent, use it as kind of a farm system for the national um, piece of things. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, it's certainly interesting on, on the sports side, but this is yeah. a movie show, so we'll talk about that. Yeah, I'm thinking long-term, Disney really does a good job with iconic properties, right? They don't over they don't overdo it. They they know what they have and they take their time with things, right? So I'm thinking long term, they take something like The Simpsons and they give us like a like Springfield at Disney World where you can like visit and it has Quickie Mart and it has Moe's Tavern and it has everything. Like long term big projects like that, I'm excited to see what Disney can do with uh with the rights to those things. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what they could do with the X-Files. I think that's cool. Looking forward to seeing if they reboot Firefly. Um Planet of the Apes just ended, but they could easily do that. Um you know the aliens ones are um uh, ones that interest me too. Uh wow. I mean there's there's a lot to look forward to out aside from that. But I mean we have to look at the side too where they can just acquire the rights and and it's just a we're your boss kind of a thing, but everything else stays the same. The same people are have their same jobs, making the same decisions. Right? Doesn't mean right. anything's gonna that Fox's output is just gonna be stellar from now on, just because Disney's at the top. Um, a lot of things have to change for there to be any kind of huge effect. But we can start seeing. I mean, it was really fast the deal that they did for Spider Man to get him into the MCU, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they had they squeezed him into Civil War. I'm sure, like pretty much the last minute, you know. Uh, it would not surprise me if they try to set up Avengers versus X-Men in the next movie, even, you know, just the, the hint or at least bring Deadpool into the fold or something. Uh, I think that could happen very soon and they're going to try and capitalize on a little bit of the buzz, right? With all this and maybe releasing the star Wars Blu-rays is something that could do that. They announced that this year or something like that, that could, that could really get the conversation going. But yeah, like I said, big deal. And I'm surprised it's not a studio like Sony that that ended up being bought by Disney first because of all the stuff that's happened and the track record over the past few years. Maybe Warner Brothers too. 
would make more sense. I didn't think that Fox was in that bad of a position, but uh, I guess so. And mm. and we will we shall see the long term ripple effect of this. But you know, George Lucas said it best. I mean, when he sold his baby, Lucasfilm and Indiana Jones and Star Wars and everything that he had made for his life, he said, you know, it's in good hands. Disney's is the only company I would trust with this property, you know, and, and mm-hmm. I got, I'm sure Fox has, feels the same way. It was a good deal and both sides are happy. And it, that, that is probably the, uh, it's probably the deal of the year. It's, it, it's a huge deal. $50 billion deal. You don't see that very often these days. So, wow. The house of mouse just mm-hmm. added a couple of rooms. Uh, you guys have anything else? Movie news that's happened maybe over the holiday that we, we haven't touched on. Did you guys watch any Christmas movies? Is anything this year? Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm going to. I'm what, going to see what, a bunch get, of movies you get the over this for, next um, week. What'd you get the kid for Christmas in terms of movies oh, or anything? Lord, he didn't get any movies. He got a bunch of like Star Wars stuff and um and the marvel related stuff probably hulk hands was probably his, the biggest gift he's he's Ooh. he's been big on uh on hulk smash the last couple of days which has been fun for my knees and stuff but uh <laughs> yeah hulk and he smash. got that and he's so he got that he got a he, he's got the star lord mask and one of the star lord guns and so one his big deal one of the like top three things he asked for was a second star lord blaster so he can have both you know mm-hmm. he can he can double pack so he got one of those and he was pretty excited about that but uh a lot of, a lot of star wars stuff around here yeah you got porgs nice. and everything in your house yeah he got a couple of porgs so porgs are are sleeping with him as we speak which is nice uh he's he's a big fan of of the porgs so so what do you do yeah. Do you just sneak in there and take it when you're ready to go to yeah, bed or i mean work? look okay. he understands yeah. this is uh, it, it, yeah, you can it, borrow porgs daddy's porgs. Which, yeah, the porgs go with Chewbacca, and so that means that they're mine. So <laughs> that's funny. It was a it was a good holiday, but uh, I'm excited for the new year and big, to get some. Uh, do you guys get some movies or anything like that? I know Richard doesn't get uh, physical media, so he probably didn't get movies. <laughs> or like no, that. I didn't. No, I didn't get any. Uh, but we, you're burying the lead here, Brian. What did you get? Oh yeah, I know what I know what so, this is. <laughs> I got a uh I got a Chewbacca figure for the the 95 version like uh which is pretty great on card and it was autographed by uh Chewbacca himself Mr. Peter Mayhew wow. Dallas's own local local celebrity Peter Mayhew mm-hmm. so it's pretty cool really cool gift uh, I was I was it, very pleased is it already hanging in a special yeah, it's shrine on, it's with on light isolated yeah, light on it. it it's on my Star Wars shelf right now and we'll fig- we'll figure out uh one of, excuse me, one of my Chewbacca shelves, and we'll, we'll I'll figure out how to. Properly... One of my Chewbacca shelves. I get in there. Chewbacca shelves, yeah. That's so, awesome. I'll figure out how to properly light it uh, at some point. Did you get uh, you get any movies, movie box sets, anything like that? I got uh, I got Dunkirk and Baby Driver and Fast Eight. And, cool. Uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine, the most recent season of that. So a couple of Dun- records as well. Dunkirk. It was it was good good haul, man. Yeah. That's, those are good ones. Uh-huh. I got um I got this Stranger Things box set thing that I, looks like a VHS tape. Like the box looks like cool. an old VHS tape and it looks all worn down like you would have pulled it out of a garage sale or something. And mm-hmm. it's really cool. It's got the Blu-ray and the DVD in there. So I got that. 
cool kind of a minto. I know it's on Netflix all the time, but cool to have sure. and and especially to have the Blu-rays. I'm sure that quality is going to be great. I'm excited about that. And just got some kind of I guess they're Black Friday movies. You know, I got Spider-Man Homecoming, Wonder Woman, uh the Kong movie, Skull Island. Nice. And I guess that's it when it comes to when it comes to movies this year. So you know, ones I need to go back and rewatch, and when I'm making my final list at the end of the year, ones that I'll go back and see mm-hmm. see yeah. where they fall Same into place. Here. I'm excited to do that here in the next couple of weeks too. Still got a couple of movies to talk about before we get to our end of the year episode. Gosh, our end of so the year many. episode will be probably end of January. I was to guess. I know, it's, right? it's usually the last episode of January, the last thing we talk about uh, before we move on to 2018 and and all the great movies that are released at the end of January and February every year. And uh, kind of stalling until the Oscars, and all that talk is is yet to come. But I'm excited to to go back and and do my list and get that conversation going. Mm-hmm. But yeah. let's take a quick break here. I'm going to tell you about our great friends in Blue Apron, which you definitely need to know about. And we'll come back and talk about Jumanji. I want to take this time to say thank you to our great friends over at Blue Apron. Yes, Blue Apron, the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh, great meals straight to your door, and it could not be any easier. I love Blue Apron. I've been a subscriber for a long time now. The last meal that I had, the chicken quesadillas, were absolutely phenomenal. One of the tastiest meals I've ever had, and honestly, it could not have been more convenient. What makes Blue Apron great is you can go online, you can schedule meals weeks in advance, you can pick out meals ahead of time. There's a great variety of meals every week. If you're somebody that's on the go, or if you're somebody that works a lot, and you just don't have time to grocery shop, Blue Apron is for you. They send the meals straight to your door, ready to prepare with no wasted ingredients. And honestly, the only thing keeping me from eating Blue Apron every single meal is that they don't have a pecan pie package, because I love my pecan pies. Some of their great upcoming meals include chili butter steak with lemon parmesan broccoli and potatoes, vegetable lo mein with bok choy and carrots, roasted chicken and maple butter with mashed sweet potato and collard greens and spicy shrimp bucatini with cabbage and toasted breadcrumbs and trust me blue apron is perfect for a date night or a dinner and a movie night nothing hits the spot quite like blue apron so blue apron is treating mad about movies listeners to their first three meals a 30 dollar value with your first order if you go to blueapron.com slash mad check out this week's menu get 30 dollars off with free shipping at blueapron.com slash mad. So thanks, Blue Apron, for being such great supporters of the Mad About Movies podcast. Thank you for making our lives better. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. And we are back, and we are talking Jumanji. Welcome to the jungle. Uh, I gotta admit, guys, (laughs) I thought this was gonna be a nostalgic walk down memory lane, if you will. And I was very surprised by the fact that it was its own thing and didn't, I guess, hinted at its connection to the original Jumanji, of course, uh, in certain ways, but didn't rely on that fact uh, all too much. And it wasn't only trying to remind us about how much we loved the original Jumanji movie. Uh, And so I was surprised in that fact, and I was... Going into this, I think we talked about the trailer a couple times on the show, right? By the way, friend mm-hmm. Tobin joining us now for the review. Hey, Tobin. Welcome. How's it going? Good. Uh, good to have you. Um, 
we talked about the trailer, and I think we all kind of said, like, yeah, that's a funny bit where they're, it's The Rock as the kids and, and Jack Black and Kevin Hart and everything. It's a funny bit, and but will it be more than that? Will it be more than just what's what the premise is, right? How long will that last? Like, will that will we be entertained by that fact for two hours? And I was surprised and delighted at how many times they were able to rewrite the joke and how many mm-hmm. times that they kept refreshing itself and not making the same joke twice. And, and each character kind of has their own little backstory and moments and funny stuff. I mean, leave it to American treasure, Jack black to make that 14 year old girl or whatever it is, do what he does and, and made it as charming and as funny as he could. Um, I thought that was, I was really funny. Uh, Kevin Hart was, Probably the least annoying he's been in a while for me, in my opinion. <laughs> I thought he was I thought he was great in this. And The Rock was being The Rock and was not, it was kind of sensitive The Rock more than he was, you know, Fate of the Furious The Rock, which is always weird and cool to see. And then Karen Gillan is Karen Gillan. So I was surprised at how much I enjoyed this. And I'm interested to hear your thoughts, but it definitely went in a different direction rather than uh, the going the Jurassic World route of just yeah. hammering you over the head with references and original theme song and picture of Robin Williams here and there. and, and oh, nods. That, that was the old parish house. The parish mm. boy. <laughs> there's a board game. And, you know, all these guys just, like, move on. We, we know about Jumanji already. It, 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 it knows that the audience knows about Jumanji, and it rewrites its own version of that and i thought that was cool it was a really cool way to to reboot it and so i was i was pleasantly surprised what uh what about you richard yeah i mean i think for i you know he's putting together quite the resume i think jack black is as may go down as like the i don't know great tom hanks of kids movies you know he's just or family movies he's just he's putting together a pretty strong um you know a lot of kind of comedians uh when they have kids you know you start you know a lot of actors do it but comedians especially start making movies uh for kids because you know it's still a paycheck and you just are silly in a different way and you get you do stuff your kids see and that's cool but he's no i don't think anyone's ever done it better like he's converted to that he's just so good at it his humor translates um so much and 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 by the way kevin hart should study him for that because when he's maybe lost the step at least in relevancy as a comic it's a move he could make too, because his humor translates really well to these kind of family films as well. It was fun to watch the two of them together. It was a good balance back for The Rock. If you had told me that one, you know, The Rock has Baywatch and Jumanji coming out in 2017, and one will be <laughs> really well received and great, and the other will not, I w- I probably would have bet Baywatch because that seemed like a more silly, fun idea, and this seemed kind of tired. And I, you know, I, I, this is why I have no money because I've, <laughs> I've lost everything. That and the Sprint stock is crippling me. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, this was, this was much better than I expect. Oh, you know, I, I had seen that the buzz was decent when I went in, but, but much better than I expected, expected a month or so ago and pretty fun, pretty fun kiddo movie. Brian, did you see it? Uh, or Tobin, both of you are, are Fajas. Um, did you guys see it with the little guys or was it a little too old for them? I'm trying to think. I, I didn't take Coop, but I went to see this. Uh, with Tobin and his wife and and his son, and so that so it was cool. We I got to kind of see, and I'll let you talk in a second, Tobin. But it was it was fun to see a kid's reaction to it, 
but it was I think I, I felt like it was probably a little too much for for Coop this time around. But uh but but Tobin brought brought his son and that was a lot of fun. Yeah, so my son's a little bit older than Coop, but uh we watched the original the night before just to kind of prep for it. And he had never seen it before, so he was uh he loved the original, which is awesome. But then when we got out of that one, like he even noticed what Kent noticed was like they made it so it well, you know, he even made a comment how like they made it so it's like me because I don't play board games because I play video <laughs> games. And so, yeah, you know, like I, I, I'm totally with Kent. Like that was the thing I came away with the most in the beginning was like how awesome it was that they were like, OK, here's, you know, how we're tying it together. But now we're going to make it our own. We're not going to worry about, you know, going back to the past, which was, you know, I think the great first step in this movie. I think so, too. And again, I was worried about that. And I, I kind of rolled my eyes at the fact that they were doing the video game this time around. And I think that worked well. I think the weakest part of the movie is definitely the setup. The the first 20 minutes over there setting the stage for them going into Jumanji. I thought that was pretty cringy stuff. Once they get there, I thought it was, I thought it was great. I think uh, what Jumanji was known for for me... I, I was a big fan of the original, by the way. Uh, I will say that now. We'll, again, we'll talk about it at length um, in a different episode for the VIPs. But I was—I liked Jumanji growing up. It was a movie that I that I liked a lot. I remember when it came out originally. I thought the effects were um, cutting edge. I guess I think Jurassic Park was maybe the only thing I could compare it to at the time in terms of big, large-scale animals that I didn't know who was real, what wasn't fake. I mean. Now you go back and watch it, and it's like, wow, that's it's rough in a lot of areas. Uh, but the animatronic part of it was it fascinated me. I remember uh, they did some kind of behind-the-scenes thing. Maybe it was on the DVD or something about how they did the animatronics, and I was really fascinated by the special effects of the movie and stuff. And so, uh, fan of that. And so this time around, I thought that they were going to rely so much on the special effects that this was going to be just overblown uh stampedes and crazy creatures and just it was going to be bayhem and for the for an hour once they <laughs> once they get into jumanji that was going to be bayhem but it was really about the four characters and them just kind of walking through the jungle and i liked how they cleverly set it up in the script where each of them has their strengths and weaknesses and you see yeah. those come to fruition on in on screen and they set little um they set little east not Easter eggs, but they they plant seeds, you know, in the beginning of the movie, especially mm-hmm. with the kids before they get to the in, they get sucked into the game, and you're like, why are we talking about this? And then later in the movie, you're like, oh, okay, I remember that. It's very easy things, and I'll mention one specifically that I was going to be upset about unless it came back around, which it did come back around. I was like, okay, I'm glad it did because we went we definitely. Had a reason to show and point that out earlier in the movie, and I, it was just something that I didn't think needed to be talked about, but it mm-hmm. did, and I was glad. So it was very clever. I, I thought from a screenwriting standpoint, this is a, one of the more clever reboots. It reminds me of Twenty One Jump Street. It's like we're gonna, yes, we're gonna yes. do it, and we're gonna, it's gonna be that property. It's gonna have an association, but we're gonna flip it on its head and give it new rules, and not care about the old rules, and not give you what you expect. Uh, mm-hmm. In terms of that, yeah. it definitely it definitely had that. It definitely had the, the surprise factor for me. Yeah, well, and kudos to 
there's like eight screenwriters. So right, and 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 Jake has as well. But like, I give a, a ton of credit because, um, like I think like everybody really, I didn't really expect this to be necessarily a good movie. I just was hoping it would be not terrible, really. Um, and and I think to your point, Kent, the, the setup was great. I thought it was a really smart, the way that they uh the not just the the board game turning into a video game, but um, once they get into the video games with the cards that that tell you what their strengths and weaknesses are, and and the way that they, they play jokes, off of yeah, that, yeah, that was I thought that was re- a it was really smart, but maybe most importantly, and I, I got to give them a lot of credit for um, taking for for going full throttle with that and really making sure that it what that this wasn't just a mail-in, like, this is going to make $60 million. People are going to go see it because they have some sort of nostalgia to the original. It doesn't really matter how good this is. Like, there's a lot of quality work here, I think, to make a lot. It's a it's a much higher quality film just from a from a writing standpoint and a concept than I could have ever imagined. This, this just seems like the type of movie that we get five times a year that um, you know going in it's going to make a good chunk of money, and so it doesn't really matter if we try hard to make it good or not. Yeah. And I, it, I, I think, It's way better man, than it needs to be. It, that's exactly yeah. right, and I think that totally shows in you know, both the Rotten Tomato score and the, the audience appreciation. Like, it's, it's, that just didn't, I don't think, I, I truthfully, I expected that even from the trailers, it's not a particularly great trailer, but I was kind of hoping, man, if this movie is like a C plus, I'll be happy because it'll be kind of a break from most of the uh, well, this time of year. We're going to get Star Wars and we're going to get award stuff. And so that'll be a nice little break. And that's it. But if it could just be a C plus, I'll be happy. And it's so much better than a C plus. It's it's just such a it's just a, an extreme, much better concept and, and more well put together um idea than i than i could have i could have ever ever imagined i just i was very surprised by that it's a movie that has yeah it's way better than it needs to be you know what this movie should have been and this this is what i kept thinking of the whole time this is what the will ferrell land of the lost movie should have been right yeah sure it's exact tonally what that was going for and it just failed miserably for some reason i don't know if it was the casting or the script or what but I love the I love the the element of Jumanji, of where did Robin Williams go that whole time? What was the other side like, right? And then mm-hmm. the mystery of that, I've always thought was a cool part of the mythos of Jumanji. If there is any any kind of mythos, which there's a definitely an extended conversation on the original one in terms of there's no rules for the game at all. <laughs> like there, there's, it's it's the most vague game of all time. Uh, this one did have some rules, and I liked how not only did they have the strengths and weaknesses of the characters, and here's what your abilities are, here's what my abilities are, and they're figuring that out as they go, but they're treating the actual landscape of Jumanji, the the place, the setting, as a video game too, and they had to go through levels and different bosses and things like mm-hmm. that, so I thought that was a clever way to to go about it too and, and make it relatable for kids with the cut scenes yeah. and the characters that they can only talk to and that repeat themselves and things like right, that. The NPCs, I mean, yeah. I remember really that smart. stuff from Call of Duty. You know, I haven't played video games in a while, but the kids of today, I mean, I'm sure they ate that up. I I, I can almost guarantee they did. The, just the connection to making it making it more relevant for uh, mm-hmm. for kids of today. I think it succeeded in that. 
Yeah, yeah, well, absolutely. And, and one thing I think it did really well too was it kind of touches base with multi generations, like like kind of like what you were saying. But like not not only is it going to be a throwback for people our age that grew up watching the original, but uh, like when I was looking up this movie, like my son wanted to see it, and you know I wasn't really sure because it has Kevin Hart and The Rock. You just never know where that's going to go, like with language and whatnot. But they did a good job of making it like you know, yeah, it's PG thirteen, but it also has good like meaning behind it has good like you know mm. life lessons and morale lessons that little kids can also appreciate plus you know the teenagers can appreciate the video game callings and then of course we as adults appreciate the fact that it's a jumanji movie that kind of makes it fresh for us so i thought that was a pretty unique thing that it kind of tabbed all of the areas that it possibly could to try to get as many people in in this movie as possible mm-hmm. yeah there's some there's some suggestive stuff in there oh, i was totally. a little bit surprised yeah. with totally. the with the yeah. bathroom scene and the way Jack Black's <laughs> character is like discovering what being a man is like and everything. <laughs> like, that was funny, but I, I could see if parents had little ones in there and they'd be like, okay, all right, let's just yeah. move on. You know, at certain yeah. times. Tob- Tobin's son is just the right age of like m- the really bad stuff flew over his head. And then the more like, the stuff that that he knew what they were saying or what they were talking about, he knows that he's not supposed to say it, and so there wasn't too much like walk out repeat things that oh you can't say that. Yeah, you I, can't. I heard uh, I was sitting next to a dad and he had a kid next to him, and I heard the kid go, <laughs> "What does that mean?" When everybody was laughing at one of those scenes, and he was like, "Nothing. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about it later." I was like, "That sucks." Yeah. 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 And that exact thing happened to me. We got to the car and the, you know, it's not spoilers or anything, but at the, at, towards the end of the movie, whenever Jack Black characters experiences something that older <laughs> gentlemen experience, my son was like, why were y'all laughing at that? And I was like, don't worry about it. You'll yeah. figure it out later. <laughs> no. They got, they, they threw some stuff in there for the adults too. I think that yeah. they, you, hey, you only got to do that when you have a movie with the stars that adults like, you want to give them the humor that they like too. And I think that they did a good, a good job of that as well. Um, Richard, what was your experience like seeing this? Was it a packed house? For me, I actually tried to see this twice, and it was sold out both times. I don't know if it was the Christmas holiday or anything mm-hmm. like that, but it it was definitely – there's definitely more interest in this than I ever thought there would be for maybe – maybe it's the Jack Black factor when people just are looking, like, hey, what are we going to go see? Yeah. Star Wars is out. Yeah, we've seen that. Oh my gosh, you know, The Rock. I don't know. I just didn't think Jumanji was something that anyone gave a crap about. It's a pretty big gamble, by the way, by the studio to do this, too. And uh, Mm -hmm. to throw this kind of money at The Rock and at Kevin Hart and all these big stars to do this, because it's it's not a property that has proven itself to be of value. I mean, have you, we hadn't done anything with Jumanji in 20 years, over 20 years. So. It mm-hmm. was, it was, it's not like it's, I don't know. I can't want to compare it to Batman or something like that, where you, where you can say, well, at least might not have much value now, but it has before, you know, uh, that, that, uh, mm-hmm. that's something true. And this didn't have Robin Williams. I mean, Robin Williams was a huge deal and the big star of Jumanji. And you could see if he was still here, how they could bring him back. And I could see them re- rebooting Jumanji in that way. But again, this is a really cool way to do it. And I can't fault them for what they did. The execution was good, but I could I could have seen them rebooting it in a different way. Had, uh, yeah, that does not work. You know, we talk a lot about reboots and remakes and whether or not 
um, you know, we need to be having those sorts of movies and what movies. Uh, to me, this is the kind of movie that you should like. I have no problem with rebooting or or, or remaking this one because it's like, um, you know, it was a fun enough movie for the time. And we're again, we're gonna be on the VIP feed this week. We're gonna be talking about the original Jumanji, but I, I'm gonna be interested to hear what you guys have to say about its like cultural re- the original's cultural relevancy because I I really haven't thought about this movie in in at least 15 years and and maybe longer. Um, but in then you look at it and you're like, yeah, it's, you know, it's fun and it has enough of a, I guess, a fan base, but not so much that like it becomes sacred, you know, like you can't, you just can't touch it because you can't touch Jumanji, can't touch it. Well, I think you probably can. Um, I just think the the great thing about it again is that they, they went about it in a way that was like very dedicated to making a, a good movie, not just, uh, trying to cash in on whatever chick your your twenty one Jump Street comparison I think was spot on. Twenty one Jump Street completely took me by surprise. You watched the the lead up to that movie felt like this is the dumbest idea of all time. I can't believe we're making a movie a remake of of Twenty One Jump Street. And then the trailers came out. and You're like, eh, it looks okay. It looks okay. It looks not too bad. And I I got more and more excited about that. And I'd say Twenty One and Twenty Two Jump Street are are two of the funnier movies of the last decade. They're so well done and and same type of thing where it's just like you put in way more work to make the script work and get the right people in the cast and make it funny than i really could have ever imagined and 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 that was kind of again the the experience here i'm i I don't remember which one of y'all said it but i'm this might be the first time ever that kevin hart has consistently made me laugh i'm typically in the please shut up and, and get off the screen uh category with him but but man it, it they used i i thought they used him perfectly to get the jokes out um at the right time and in the right way and then just let him play off of the rock which may be the key maybe just put anybody in a room with the rock and they instantly become uh 30 funnier or something and then uh and and jack black and, and karen gillen both were incredible jack black might have been this to me might have been the star of the show like that bit the bit of playing a, a you know a sixteen year old girl, the way he did it was was really funny and really well done without ever being i to me at least aggressively like yeah. over the top he was and like man, it, it was so perfect it was like he was it was so genuine you know i i, I really I really <laughs> like that i mean the scene where he's teaching Karen Gillan how to flirt uh, yes. <laughs> is so classic i mean it is so. It reminded me of MacGruber, where MacGruber is <laughs> in Kristen Wiig's ear at the Starbucks. I mean, it had that physical comedy quality to it. It was so good. And one of the funnier scenes of the year. I was just very surprised at, at how much that bit worked mm-hmm. for me. And I would see a movie, a Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle 2, where it's just him gets stuck back in the game as that character, <laughs> and he has to find his way out. Like, I think that would be really funny. Or that's how that's how this should have ended. It's just... He's the only one that gets left behind. He's like, "Oh my god, guys, guys, where are you?" And it just ends, you know. I think that would have been good too. But um, this movie had a lot more to say than I had thought it would and should. Not not should, but than I thought it would. Uh, it, it it has more character development and more, uh, you know, the different characters are discovering their what they want to be in life and questioning their 
what they value in terms of, okay, I am not tall anymore. What do I do now? And, oh, oh my gosh, I'm pretty now. How does that affect me now that, I, that guys will pay attention to me? And vice versa and losing your looks and all that. This has more, it has more to say than the original Jumanji ever tried to have to say mm-hmm. or have any kind of moral lesson to it than the original had. I don't know if there was an original. The original is just messed up. Now that you think about it, <laughs> just the entire situation's messed up and doesn't make any sense at all. But this is 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 trying to have at least a a good-hearted, a warm story to it, rather than just hey, animals are running everywhere and flinging mm-hmm. poo at each other, which is what I thought this would be. But yeah, 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 I totally agree. I think that's a bit, and that and that's like that's a big part of. I think it's a big part of why it works. You you're. I don't know. You actually kind of care about these characters, which is a weird thing. Certainly not what I would have expected coming into a Jumanji movie, you know. And then that's that's it's really well done on that front. And and I I think you're right. Like it has a lot of um I don't necessarily social commentary, but to your point, Tobin, like you know that you can having let your third grader go see this movie and then come out of that, like you've got to feel pretty good about like. He got some pretty decent themes out of that. Like, there's some, there's actually has this dumb movie about being trapped in a video game has some, uh, actually has some stuff to say, which is, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I totally agree. Cause it's, you know, like the overall theme of the movie is, you know, put your differences aside and work together, you know, and that's like, that, that, you know, to your point, can't like they don't really ever do anything in the first movie other than it's not nice to yell at your parents, you know, and otherwise this, he will come back as a hunter that looks like your parent and shoot you, (laughs) you know? So like, but with this one, it's like they, they take all of their weaknesses and strengths and work together to get through the game. And the whole positive message of, you know, even with these differences, we're not going to leave anybody behind. Yeah. So I mean, it's, that surprised me too. Like the positive messages that came out of it. I think so too. You want to hit spoilers now? Yeah. yeah. Spoilers now for Jumanji 2. Uh, so, I guess the Nick Jonas character comes into the picture. They have to navigate with him. They figure out that he's a kid that got sucked into the game 20 years ago. They have to help him get out of the game in kind of the Robin Williams-y way. And he comes back, and they're all in current day. And there's this weird time warp where they're back in 1996, weirdly, but not. And it's Colin Hanks as Nick Jonas now. <laughs> and, but the crowd, I mean, they set it up like a moment like this is supposed to be somebody from the original Jumanji. Don't think Colin Hanks was in the original Jumanji. If that had been Kirsten Dunst, maybe, or somebody like that, they're just like, oh, <laughs> I remember her. Or, or it was, that's who that was, or somebody like that. It's just that that set up for a very... It was for like this huge reveal, and it was just like, oh, guess Colin Hanks is Dick Jonas, but he's grown up, or is that supposed <laughs> to be somebody that? Did y'all get that feeling at that moment or that scene? It was a little like How I Met Your Mother, kind of in a way of just like, oh right, I gotta like piece together how how uh, this this all goes together. But no, I it, I I thought it was fine. I to me that was maybe the the one t- uh, the dip I guess in the movie. Like I knew that that character was gonna Alex character was gonna come back in. Obviously, from the very beginning, like they set it up when when they sign into the game, and that you know you can't you can't play that one character. So you knew it was coming. Um, I was a little bummed that it was Nick Jonas, just because, <laughs> uh, like 
all these even Kevin Hart, who I I don't care for, and I've never I don't I don't I've never found him funny pretty much up until this movie. But he and The Rock and Jack Black and Karen Gill, all of them have tremendous charisma and and like on screen presence. And then and even Bobby Cannavale, the who plays the villain, has that to some extent. And then Nick Jonas just really he was fine. There was nothing wrong with his performance by any means. And really, performance is not what you're necessarily looking for in this kind of a movie. And so I just wish it would have been somebody who has like some kind of on-screen gravitas. I don't know, because it just every time you it felt like The Rock and, and Jack Black especially would be doing something really funny. And then it like kind of throws to him and he's like, oh, yeah. And just like the commentary back is like, oh, we're not getting much from this. So. For for having not been involved in any chains though, dude, he was in chains. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. For having not been involved in any of the advertising and whatnot, so it was kind of like a um, a surprise of who who this kid's going to turn out to be and everything. Um, I don't know, like maybe somebody who has any of the charisma that those other four have. That I would have preferred that. Um, Poor Nick Jonas, but. Or even, honestly, even yeah. Colin Hanks. Like, I like Colin Hanks. That would have been fun. Joe Jonas. It was supposed to be <laughs> you know? Tom Holland, but Tom Holland had to drop out when all the Spider-Man stuff went down. Okay. That, that uh, would have been so a little what it was better, be. for sure. Yeah. I, I, I'm not knocking. I, I, think, I think Nick Jonas did fine. It just wasn't the same level of, well, like, you could tell too. he was kind of, you could tell he was acting. Like, he's really trying to act, whereas the rest of these people, for the most part, like, I mean, Jack Black's doing some acting because he's pretending to be a girl, but like, it's it was mostly just about here's who I am on screen, you know. Whereas Nick Jonas is like over here trying to prove that he's an actor or something. It just I, nothing against him. I thought he was fine. Got I just pivot, thought, dude. yeah, Got we pivot. need something a little a little more smoldery there when we when we cut to his side. Shouldn't beg, beg to differ. <laughs> it's actually impressive that they. It got until the end credits before they blasted Guns N' Roses' Welcome to the Jungle. I, I know. could have sworn yeah. that would be the opening. I said the credits. exact same thing. <laughs> Welcome to the Jungle! It should be called Don't Jumanji. And there it is. They don't ever call it the jungle in this. This should be called Jumanji. Welcome to Jumanji. Because that's basically it. How about it, just remember Jumanji? We did it again. Try <laughs> I thought it was funny how they used the crystal, you know, the MacGuffin-y kind of object of the movie and he just loses it several times they play off the fact that he has a backpack that has limited <laughs> weapons in it just those kinds of things were funny to me in this mm-hmm. um interestingly enough this is jack black's third film that takes place in the jungle richard um oh he he Your started least favorite actor he started no, i like the jungle i don't care for the woods <laughs> yeah it's, it's very it, yeah it's strange very big difference. Uh, Jack Black starred in obviously. King Kong. He starred yeah. in Tropic Thunder, which just reminded me of a bit. Yeah. And um, also in this. So, yeah. we, big jungle guy. We got to do, do a Tropic Thunder throwback next year. Ten yeah. years. Ten years. <laughs> yeah. Tropic Thunder. So, so do I. So this one was so shot in Hawaii. And, you know, I guess Jack Black just loves Hawaii. Anything, mm. anything being shot in Hawaii, I'm there. Like there was an Adam Sandler movie right next door being shot. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Dwayne Johnson's like, oh yeah, you're gonna shoot Rampage in Hawaii? I'll be there. I'm down there already. <laughs> you know, it's just great. Uh, so The Rock is staying busy. Good for him. Always Good to see man. something As right. He should. Go for The Rock. As he should. 
Uh, did you notice any influence of Lara Croft on the Karen Gillan? Oh, absolutely. Character? Sure. The yeah. tomb, to the Tomb Raider. Huge comment yeah. on that. I thought, yeah. I thought that was and, a direct kind of. Yeah, I did too. And and good for them doing it and pulling it off really, I think, in a, in a smart way. Because there was yeah. so much early backlash when those stills came out of, yeah, why is she wearing this outfit in the jungle that's super sexist and. She was very. I I felt like she was very clear up front at the beginning of like, like hey, it's. Who would wear I this? promise it's for a purpose. I know. I know. I understand. We're going to make fun of it. So. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And she looked great, and so did the Rock. Everyone looked great. <laughs> yeah, that that's a funny scene when they first get to Jumanji, and they discover their new bodies, and the Rock is like looking at his pecs and all that <laughs> stuff. I thought that was good. They played that very well. With very mm-hmm. little dialogue, and uh, when they they, I guess you got three lives here, and they they each fall in different ways, and they're killing each other randomly. That that was good too. That there was very little stakes involved, or just randomly killing each other for the for the fun of it. And they didn't overdo it with the animals, like I said, but the animals that they did mm-hmm. have, I thought were really cool. The snakes and the the hippos and everything, they looked really good, and it, but they didn't overdo it. I thought this would be crammed, like I said, with references to the old ones, like the monkeys would be back, and they would have, mm-hmm. and Pelt would be back, and all this, maybe even Robin Williams' character in some way would be back, some CGI way, I don't know. But it, it scared me when uh, I heard they were rebooting this, but this was, again, about, about yeah, as I, good as I, you could have done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I could not have been more out on this conceptually, and I was wrong. <laughs> How are you going to do that now? That's because I, I don't think the we'll talk spoiler. I I think the first one is nostalgically fun because we're that age, but like it's not a very good movie. I don't think mm. so. Uh, I, I I was like surprised that this was. It's just kind of a weird movie. I don't even know if it's bad. It's just like a really bizarre mm. um, kids movie to me. But uh, but this worked really well. I thought far better than I expected. Yeah. Hundred percent sure. Okay. Any other thoughts on this? Anything that stuck out that you d- maybe didn't like? I really didn't like the villain. I guess that's probably the biggest weakness of the movie. The villain's just kind of. I, it's very typical, but yeah. in a in a good it way. Seemed, it's like they didn't take itself. I too ride serious. for. I ride for Cannavale though, so it's I can't be impartial. Like yeah, I just yeah, he's, <laughs> yeah, I like him. I'm not against it, him as an actor. I just I don't. Know. No, I know. It, it just, just seemed like, very forced. Yeah. yeah, like yeah, yeah. It was like it was we've like got to we, we've got to have a villain. Let's cram this in. Why here. does there even yeah. have to be a villain? Why can't there? Why can't the fact that animals are attacking them be enough? You know, and they just have to get to yeah. the the Aladdin statue at the end of the the top <laughs> or whatever. Well, I mean, and you saw the vulture more than you saw the actual villain. You know, in the movie, in reality, like, mm-hmm. and that was the thing is like it just didn't seem like he was really necessary. Like I understand for the plot point, but you know, like from what we know from the original Jumanji is that the villain is the, is the environment, not necessarily a person. So, you know, that was the only thing that kind of stuck out to me that seemed that in the, you know, I thought the ending was really, you know, I guess I'll call it necessarily cheesy, but you know, the, the villain was the only part that kind of stuck out to me that I was like, yeah, I didn't really understand or, you know, care for that, but I'm kind of with Richard. I really like Cannavale. He's awesome, but it just didn't really seem like it fit. Mm. Yeah. Chris. Yeah. I Good. was bummed that Reese Darby never said Jemaine or Brett. Jemaine. That, that was present. The biggest present. present. Um, so Chris McKenna deserves the credit for this, for the writing, and he did the story. 
credit. He also wrote Lego Batman. He wrote Spider-Man Homecoming, this, and he's writing upcoming Ant-Man sequel and mm -hmm. untitled Spider-Man Homecoming sequel. So good. he's known good for his run. work on Community and yeah. the Mindy Project. So this guy, this guy really to look out for, man. This He might yeah. be the new Lord Miller that he's going to reboot all this stuff and give us mm -hmm. a funny times for years to come. Okay. He's the writer he's the writer on Remedial Chaos Theory, which is probably the most like well known community episode. Really is it? funny. Okay. Yeah. Strong. I'll have to check it out. Okay. Well, I I thoroughly enjoyed this and uh it was a very big surprise. Don't know if it's in the top ten of the year, but certainly was something I didn't expect uh at this time. This this felt super summery to me. This surprise this wasn't in the summer. Maybe it had something to do with promo schedules or conflicting movies with Kevin Hart and The Rock or something. I don't know. But this would have been I, this would have played well like beginning of sure. August, like first week of August. Sure. I think there's room for one movie a year like this in December. Like we can do one Christmas around Christmas release of a movie that's not necessarily not Star Wars or Marvel or one of those that's just like it does feel summery, but it it also gives you if you're looking for a respite from uh, the Oscar-y type movies, like you can just be like, "Oh yeah, we saw Jum we we went we saw Downsizing, Shape of Water, and then we finished off with Jumanji. It was great. It was a great way. To, it was a nice palate cleanser. Good way to end the in the uh, the day or something. I, I think a there's palate cleanser. one. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a good point. Okay, yeah, it's such yeah. a like the a palate cleanser is the perfect word because I went and saw a terrible movie today, which will be you know I'll leave <laughs> the name out. And I told my wife when we left, I was like, I want to go watch Jumanji like right now just so I can feel better about movies again. Like, because it was just, I needed something to laugh at after the garbage I saw today. So, but yeah, palate clutch is the perfect word for it. It did pretty well. It made $55 million. Mm -hmm. Star Wars Big made time. 99. Uh, Pitch Perfect 3 is out right now. Kind of a palate clutchery kind of a movie. Uh, 20, $20 million <laughs> it made. And The Greatest Showman, which uh, is apparently out. Well, I don't. Yeah. I, I have not it's heard. I, I have family members that saw it and were not strong on it, but it is mm. nominated for Best Picture in the Golden Globes. Um, also, <laughs> three million dollars well spent, right? And Ferdinand uh, shows up in fifth place, the John Cena starring Bull animated film. So, not a lot out there besides the you know, like the more obscure, the downsizings and darkest hours of the world. Um, Coco still doing strong. But that, other than that, you've got Star Wars or Jumanji. That's pretty much it, is, is what you got the choice of. And I'm just glad Jumanji was decent. Okay, let's hit grades here. I'm going to give, considering the circumstances, I'm going to give Jumanji an A-. minus. Okay? Right. Yeah. yeah, I'm right with you, man. I'm right with you. That's, uh, it's really really better so much better so much better than i expected and so much fun yeah this will definitely be a movie that i rewatch and that yeah it, it's got a it, great rewatchability factor yo, yeah. like have it on in the when, background like uh -huh, yeah, yeah kind of a thing it, yeah. a, this is an awesome uh hbo go type yeah. movie for sure so yeah i'll rewatch it and, and i'll enjoy it it's a it's an a minus for me uh tobin how about you yeah i i told brian when i left that any movie that I can feel like Kevin Hart is successful in, you know, automatically deserves an A. Like, this is probably the first time ever I've actually liked him, and Jack Black was incredible. So it's an A for me. Ricardo. 
Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'll break it up a bit. I'm gonna go B plus for me out of it. Cool. All right, Jumanji, playing now, playing, and I guess we can close this conversation by speculating: Do they make more of these? Is this something that they can keep going with? Does The Rock 100%, sign on yeah. with for three of these? Does Jack Black do, like I mentioned, do another one? I think so. Uh, I think I think those four could could go back and maybe have to go save the day. And what I mentioned earlier when I was talking about planting the seeds early in the movie, how it how the tent character goes out of his way to say, why do they got bowling balls in here? And they like show the bowling ball. And then the very last shot of the movie is them smashing the game with the bowling ball. I was like, thank you. It's like wondering why you had to go, had to show that. And they brought it back. Yeah. Awesome guys. Yeah. Th- these things can happen. I promise. It's not that hard. It's very simple. Uh, I like that. So they smashed the game, but does it continue? And I, I was always very vague on, and we'll talk about this in our, throwback episode but who can hear the drum beat why is it only the four kids that can hear the drum yeah, beat the the was, they're in the school like everybody's walking by just going to class and they're only the four like dun, 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 dun. but it's uh it's funny but where can where do you think it'll go you think they'll spin this off or or do it do another i mean they're gonna do another one right i'm sure i'm sure they have now now that it did pretty it did really well financially and and uh with critics and whatnot yes i'm i'm sure there will, uh, I'm sure there'll be some sequels. They can bring the board game back, right? Yeah, I think that board, that game is pretty resilient, so it can find a way to, uh, <laughs> to get out of the, the, the bowling ball. Don't they, the original Jumanji, doesn't it end with, like, in France, like, the game, like, shows up, and it's like a... Yeah, China. Like, oh. I think it's China. <laughs> it's like, what, what, where's that movie? Why don't we get the Chinese, what happened to the Jumanji board game in the past 20 years? Where, where has it been? But maybe that, that's something we'll find out. Okay, let's move on and let's hit a weekly recommend. Weekly recommends. Uh, Brian, we'll go with you then. Uh, so I'm doing my big catch up at the end of the year, trying to get through as many movies as I can that I missed through this through the year. And uh, I watched one last week that I super dug. I I do have to give the the kind of the precursor that um, this was in the midst of my flu and I was very high on all of the prescription medicine that one is allowed to possess at any given time. And uh, so that may have tainted this viewing. Just FYI, if you, if you start watching this movie, you're like, what the heck is this? Um, I, I'm going to go. Ahead and I was high. Yeah. All the I was <laughs> super high. Um, but <laughs> But I was allowed, so there's just you know, let me just make that clear. Um, but I watched a movie that I know Richard has seen. I don't know if you've seen it, Kent. Called Briggsy Bear. That is, yeah. um, I missed. I don't know if it ever got theater beyond like the super Dallasy theaters that I don't, I don't get to get to very often. But um, it's it's a Lonely Island joint, so you know it's good. Um, but it stars Kyle Mooney from Saturday Night Live, and I think we talked about this a little off air. It, it showcases how poor Saturday Night Live is going because he's really good, and I don't think he's been utilized at all on uh, on the show in the like five years that he's been on the air. So that's not super inside great. SoCal. <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing that he's ever that it's probably the only thing that they've that he has done on SNL that I was like, okay, that fits. What we got some anyway. pretty pretty sick carnita <laughs> spread. 
you guys want to like come show uh, or like <laughs> he does some really funny shorts that they don't put on the air that you have yeah, to see on exactly, their website exactly that are really exactly. good where he goes and talks to people on the street and stuff the funniest stuff should yeah. never make air in an yeah. hour and a half show um so the mo- it's really weird it's about a it's a it's about a guy who has was um abducted as a baby and has been living in a in a bunker basically with Mark Hamill and Mark Hamill's wife, whose name I can't remember. And uh, so, like the first five minutes of the movie, he gets quote unquote rescued from the bunker and taken back to his original home. And he, the rest of the movie is just him like trying to figure out how to deal with what he's had and process everything. And the way in which he does that is to um, make a movie based on a character that uh, doesn't really exist, but um his abductive father or his fake father uh, made this tv show called briggsy bear and and gave him episodes to watch every week and so he he decides to make a movie of that as like a way of finding closure and it's super weird and out there and um extremely strange but it's also really a it's really funny and it's very touching and i thought um i thought it was a it kind of like it feels a little Napoleon Dynamitey in a way, just in the kind of the look and the just general weirdness, which was cool. Um, but man, I, I I loved it. I highly recommend it. I'm sure it's on, uh, you know, Amazon and and Apple TV and such like that. But uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. And and again, check it out. But if you think it's super weird and you can't get into it, maybe I don't know, take a lot of prescription drugs or something, and uh, it'll maybe yeah. that will heighten your experience. I thought you were going to recommend the Book of Henry, which I know you watched as well. Oh, I did watch that. I sure did. Woo! <laughs> awesome. We'll talk about that at the end of the year. By the I way, <laughs> are we doing an episode on Bright eventually? It needs to maybe happen because we all watch that, and um, yeah. woo! It might be a long. I haven't. Though. I haven't seen Bright yet, but I will. You need. Might need oh, to. Boy. You might. Need you to. know. I'll go ahead and interrupt with a weekly recommend. I, I thought I was thinking of weird and binging, but uh, the new season of Black Mirror comes out in a couple of days. I think oh, on yeah. Yeah. December 28th. I know you guys have talked about it before, but I've been rewatching it, getting ready for the new season. So that's my weekly recommend because that stuff is weird and trippy and terrifying and awesome all at the same time. So I'm excited about to see what they do with the new season as well. Yeah, I saw they, they're having a Star Trek type episode in it. Of some kind oh, with, awesome. with uh what's his name jesse plemons oh yeah uh, yeah starring as the captain kirk character so that, wow. that could be cool oh hopefully it's better than the orville it could only be better yeah. than the orville uh so yeah black mirror good recommend i need to go back and i actually have rewatched a couple of those in the past couple of weeks i need to fully finish that before we we get back uh into it mm-hmm. that's that's great i love when they drop news like that oh by the way two weeks black mirror and Chappelle dropping some stand-up here in the next couple weeks too uh, on New Year's Eve so early recommend for that stuff and a good New Year's present Richard what's your recommend? Just to spite Tobin I'm going to (laughs) recommend Downsizing great movie loved it (laughs) how did you know that was a movie I saw today? (laughs) I just I have my ways I have my ways better hurry Followed a private, a private <laughs> yeah. Investigating firm. yeah, better, better hurry to go see it. But I like, I'm the only one alive that liked it. I thought it was fun. We're, so we're going to have to do an episode to get your thoughts. Hey, on how it. about this, Brian? I didn't hate it. I wasn't super into it. So Brian, uh, better movie, Suburbicon or downsizing? Oh, downsizing. No, not, no question. Suburbicon oh, wow, okay. is 
but uh, <laughs> dude matt damon not not great not either great. career-wise or pr-wise hasn't been awesome not at all not at all well i'm going to recommend it's a very american treasure heavy episode tonight uh keep it on topic uh i'm gonna recommend a book that is written by a american treasure perhaps the american treasure Ooh. uh New York Times best-selling author, uh, American Treasure, uh, Tom Hanks has a Hello. book called uh, called Tom Hanks has a book called Oh yeah, the Common Type. Book. He wrote a, a short story book, and he's a big typewriter guy, and I'm assuming wrote it mostly on typewriters. But yeah, love this love this book, and have been paging my way through it or flipping my way through it over the past couple of days. It's funny on the back. Uh, the one of the quotes about it it says praise for uncommon type it says quote it turns out that tom hanks is also a wise and hilarious writer with an endlessly surprising mind damn it and that was from <laughs> that was from american treasure steve martin so uh, uh really funny and tom hanks is again a treasure and i mean he needs to just keep giving us more tom hanks things and uh i hope our vips enjoyed their tom hanks themed christmas present yes that, We've been uh, getting yeah. tweets and emails and such of that, which is awesome. If you, when you get yours, send us a tweet or something, and I'm trying to retweet as many as we can to kind of spread the word. But I'm super pumped. I love that print. I'm gonna buy a frame for mine in the next couple of days and and get it hung. I think it looks super cool. So hopefully the VIPs appreciate that as well. And yes. shout out to Josh Souter and and Pinfinity, our friend that that did that for us. It was really cool. Very cool. Thank you so much. Uh, that's my recommend, Tom Hanks, Uncommon Type. And thanks for joining us tonight, Tobin, and for giving your weekly recommend. And thank you for listening. You can find all of us online uh, at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. But Brian, if we want to find you, where would that be? Hmm? You can find me on the Twitter at bgill 12 You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. And the Mad About Movies podcast newsletter, which will not be coming out in January. So the next issue is February. You've got a month to uh, to get signed up for that if you're not already. Uh, Tobin, if our friends and listeners are looking for you, my friend, where can they find you? You can find me on the Twitter at T.O. Hodges. Uh, Richard, where can we find you? You can find me on all the social media at Richard Barden, madaboutmoviespodcast.com. You can find me, yes, in that aforementioned newsletter, which will be out. We're going to do a big oscar preview issue that uh i'm excited about as well kent where can i find you on the interwebs find me at kent garrison twitter instagram snap do it all uh find us again online madaboutmoviespodcast.com and madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash vip if you want more exclusive fun bonus content see you over there subscribe on itunes leave us five stars thanks so much for joining us and until next week we will see you at the cinema. Goodbye. Bye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those toss salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me die, yeah. Just like-